the more you begin to withdraw yourself from the strings that you have created in your outer world, those stakes of attachment that are deeply nailed into the outer world. Just observe the multiple stakes from responsibilities to expectations to resentments, unfulfilled dreams and desires. They're all, each one of them, putting a stake for you in this world. And you're tethered to that stake. The more you can train yourself to slow your breath down and observe those stakes, observe those strings, and give yourself conscious permission, not just permission, but conscious permission, to take some time every single day and withdraw your attention from there and back into yourself. So you can reconnect with your own true nature every single day. If you allow your breath to flow gracefully, you will experience grace within yourself. The more grace you experience within yourself, the more you begin to experience a state of dignity within yourself, a state of respect for yourself. When you lack the state of self-respect, even the wonderful things that you intend to do in the outer world, you do by hurting yourself, by beating yourself up. And slowly begin, grace begins to recede from your life. And confusion begins to pour in, as do, even though in spite of such wonderful intentions, why are you not able to experience joy, experience peace and satisfaction? So just connect into your breath. and see if for some time you can withdraw yourself from the strings and stakes. I'm not saying let them go, I'm saying withdraw yourself from them and become present to your own heart.
slowly begin to rub the palms together. And I want you to tune into your own supreme nature. There is no human being, in fact, no being on this planet that is not gifted that supreme nature. So you are not a mistake. With each breath, continue to connect into your heart. And then when we tune in, consciously tune into whatever little molecule, whatever glimpse of the true self that you can find within yourself. Just pause yourself in that state of grace within you. It is you, nothing but you. Inhale a little more. Open your heart and just let yourself float here. And very gently exhale. Relax the breath. Relax the palms. I read something pretty interesting I wanted to share with you guys. The question is, how enlightened are you? So answer this for yourself. If you can live without caffeine, how many of you just went, um, okay. If you can be cheerful, ignoring aches and pains, If you can resist complaining, if you can understand when your loved ones are too busy to give you any time. Is it going down, down, down? Okay. If you take criticism and blame without resentment. It's a big one. If you can take criticism and blame without resentment. If you can ignore a friend's limited education and never correct him or her. If you can resist Treating a rich friend better than a poor friend. If you can face the world without lies and deceit. If you can conquer tension without medical help. If you can relax without liquor. If you can sleep without the aid of drugs. If you can honestly say that deep in your heart, you have no prejudice 
against creed, color, religion, gender preference, or politics. Then you have almost, then you have almost reached the same level of spiritual development as your dog. <laughs> How are we doing? <laughs> well, they're around us to inspire. I thought we were more evolved species than them, or that's what we like to think, don't we? We have the capacity of being a more enlightened species. But where we are functioning today, we are not even close, not even close. That was perfect emphasis added. Not even close. Trouble. Not even close to that state of enlightened awareness of a dog. So my question to you is, would you like to stay there? Because that one without excuses, which one was that? If you can resist complaining, that's just take one, just take one. If you can resist complaining, that itself will now bring you a little bit closer to that state of development. How many of you can promise me that for 40 days you will resist? I'm not saying be perfect. I'm saying you will resist complaining. And in that moment of resistance, you will observe how much you actually do complain. Yes? No? Yes. So let's see a show of hands. Whoever wants to take on this 40-day challenge. No half, no quarters. It has to be either full or none. <laughs> no complaining. All right. I honor your honesty. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, it has, I, I, I have to think through it. Yes. Why are you good? Even that is an awareness. But take on that challenge. 40 days. The moment you see complaining come through you, just observe it. Don't beat it down. Observe it, but then direct it into something else. Direct it into slowing your breath down. Because when an old behavior impulse is coming through, either you will stuff it or you can direct it. If you stuff it, it's going to come out like that jack-in-the-box after 40 days. Like you've been stuffing it, stuffing it, stuffing it, so 40 days, I will not do this for 40 days, 40 days, one more check, one more day left. Yes, after 40 days, I can go back into complaining. 
It takes 40 days for your mind to develop, even begin to develop a new habit pattern. <coughs> so 40 days, observe it, and then learn to direct it. And one of the easiest way of directing it is, okay, I'm feeling it, slow my breath, and let me take a breath here, because it feels so reasonable, doesn't it? When, when you have reason to complain, it feels really delicious to complain in that moment. You almost feel gratification. But which part of you is feeling the gratification? If most of your day you're working on training the ego, and then you take 45 minutes to train your mind to be directed towards the soul, how does that work? Do you know that, that every moment that you're living, you are training something within you, right? No, you didn't know that? Whatever you are training, that gets stronger, doesn't it? So when you come here for 45 minutes or whatever, an hour and a half, two hours, and you work on like, I am going to stop all that nonsense and, and then you go straight back into training the ego again. And then you wonder why you can't see any change in your life. It starts to create a separation inside of you. This part of you, the spiritual part of you, feels separated than the real aspect of you. Isn't that what you call it, real? A lot of people come to me and say, Priya, I love this, but how does this work? It doesn't work in the real world. It takes a lot of work to work in the real world. But is that even real? No. <laughs> that's my first question. Then how do you know that's the real world? Because that is a deeply habituated world, right? And everybody around you is in that world too, yes? So when the majority of people around you are following a certain consciousness, that becomes the norm. So what we are trying to shake you up from, that slumber, is that is not the real world. This is the real world. But if you're practicing this for 45 minutes a day and the rest of the 24 hours, including your deep subconscious mind during sleep time, is still working on that, then that's what's getting trained. Period. So when you take on little challenges like this, for 40 days, I will resist complaining and all that energy that would go into complaining I will find direction for that energy into something else that moment of constant awareness constant awareness continues this journey out into the other world let's not call it real let's call it the other world I always got a kick for teaching yoga the last 10 years of all the other yoga teachers that would say at the studio, oh, it's, I have to leave now and go to my real job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you would feel devalued yourself, like, this is my real job. This is my real job. And the more you begin to pour this into the other aspect, 
the world that you haven't yet reconciled, the more slowly over time, slowly over time, it starts to change its balance where this becomes most of your day and fewer and fewer moments are remain, remaining in the other world. And the goal is to slowly cover every aspect of it with it. And most people in the West come and tell me, including teacher training, like, does that mean we're meditating and doing yoga all day long? I have to constantly stay aware of my breath. That is tedious. That's impossible, Priya. <laughs> That's impossible to what? The non-dog aspect of you. <laughs> the dog is always in its breath. Always present within it has no it has no other world. Right? So let's first get to that state of animal. You are functioning below animal right now. Can I wake you up to that please? Can I shatter that? Sense of yes, I am a human and very advanced one. Do I have a new i4 8 coming up? <laughs> it is pre ordered. Technology on my fingertips. And then you go inwards and you find you're functioning at below animal level in your life. So we'll work today on finding something within us that you can hold on to, that you can just grab like a little thumb, like a little baby would grab onto a mom's thumb and she's feeling lost. Yes? Let's locate something within ourselves that you can hold on to when things in your habitual world are drawing you out of you. Would that be a good idea? So when you feel like complaining, you go, let me grab onto that. Even if it's a mudra, and this is the mudra we'll be using to practice today. And if that's something you can use, something's irritating you, bothering you, you just go and hold your own thumb. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Slow my breath down. It's, it's cool. Think of the dog. Think of the dog. <laughs> Don't worry about the God yet. Just think of the dog. Let's get to the dog first. Then we'll get to God. <laughs> For more inspirational offerings, visit us at sevenchakrayoga.com.